Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. And this week, we're talking about a film that could not wait to sexualize a teenager as if it was an adaptation of Lolita, The Crush. That did come up in the Lolita, the 97 one, came up as a suggested viewing immediately after this on Tubi, which I imagine yeah. if we all watched it on Tubi. I watched it on Prime. Oh, so I, watched it on Prime. I avoided it Prime? the commercials. Uh, no, I got to support my I got to support my boys over at Tubi, my boys and gals over at Tubi. Matt, I know you were loving that intro montage of music. Dude, I literally wrote, this right is there. the most mid-90s opening credits I could possibly imagine. All the way down to production designer being Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton, I did catch that. Um, man, talk about seeing a bunch of names I didn't anticipate seeing. Like, I knew the only thing I knew when I hit play on this movie was Alicia Silverstone because that was the box art that I remember seeing. Then all of a sudden, it's like, I'm like, is that, is that fucking the Dread Pirate Roberts driving that car there? And then I see Kirkwood Smith's name pop up, and I'm like, Red from that 70s show? And then I see Amber Benson, I'm like, fucking Tara from yeah, that Buffy was, is in this that movie? That was the surprise for me. <laughs> that, was a fun, that was a fun surprise, yeah. I was like, what is happening? But I would love to re... Sometimes I think it'd be fun to just re-edit 90s opening credit sequences with the song that you assume they probably want it there but couldn't <laughs> afford. Because this is some, like... The band's name was like Star Club, which I'm like, all right, so that's like somebody's friend's band. Like, that's basically Jingle Punks in the 90s. That's exactly. It's not, that not any different. So hear me out. Obviously, it wasn't this song that they wanted because this song came out three years after the movie was released. But in my head, I was hearing Del Armitri's Roll to Me during that opening oh, credits. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it was, like you said, it's that jingle pop. It's that, like, feel good, just like, everything's great in L.A. <laughs> it's like, like, and so Roll to Me happens if, right when Alicia Silverstone rollerblades out, which she's going to have a cameo in our roller me. rink movie. Oh, okay, Patreon perfect. listeners. Because she has to appear. She has to appear I... as her character from The Crush. Yeah. Which version did you guys, well, Matt and I saw the one where they, they her name is um, Adrena in our version. Uh, oh, really? Because I thought that it was Darina in ours. 
No, we got the Adrena version. Okay, so Darina was the original word name. Dar- Darian. Darian, I'm sorry. Darian, because the, the guy who wrote the movie wrote it and used the girl that did that shit to him when he was a struggling writer in L.A. He, he used, used her real her name, and name. she she and her family fucking sued them. So it got changed to Adrian or Adrena. Adrian, Adrena, whatever it is. Adrian, but, um, Adrian sure. But uh, every other version, except for the one DVD version, I want to say she's Adrian or Adrian or whatever. But there's the one, there's this one version out there where she's still Darian, which is yeah. so funny to me. On Tubi, it was a, it was Adrian. Okay, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so, I did not. I dude, I had no. I mean, I I picked this just because we're in the month of love. Right, yeah. like so. <laughs> that is, we're kicking off February right with the crush. Right, we, we <laughs> Valentine's been done on the show, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Sadly, and then my bloody Valentine's been talked about uh, extensively, even if not uh, an actual episode for this show. But I also my my episode did not fall on Valentine's Day or near it, so I needed to do something with love. Um, and I don't know what I I knew that Scream Factory put out the crush a while ago, and Alicia Silverstone was in it. And I mean, I really I really went in blind. You know, I keep saying that I'll do a little bit more research before I pick a movie. I didn't think this one was uncalled for by any means, but um, but I definitely didn't do any more. Re- I definitely didn't follow my word and do any more research before I picked this movie. Uh, what a what a ride! But no, it's, there are things worth talking about because this is far from the worst movie we've ever watched on this. Oh show. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was actually it moved and it went down fast. But yeah. I have some problems. Yeah, but I do have some yeah. compliments. I'm going to start with my first compliment. This has nothing to do with the movie. Make it a but compliment I'm repeat, sandwich. <laughs> I'm going to repeat the same thing that I said on a very recent episode of Before My Time <laughs> about Carrie Elwes. I think that's how his last name is pronounced. Yules? Yules, sure. Talk about a dude born in the wrong time, though. Because this is a guy who, like, at the most is remembered for Princess Bride, Saul, and and maybe Robin Hood Men in Tights. Had this man been an actor in the 30s, he would have been one. He is such a, like, 1930s, like, every man, like, this perfect combination of, like, Jimmy Stewart, every man, but also mixed with, like, an Errol Flynn, like, swashbuckler that this dude could have crushed in roles that we just weren't making movies for at the time that he was was an actor, which is why it's like when people think of him, it's like, oh, yeah, the guy from Princess Bride, because that was perfectly suited for ev- his everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, and you this forget movie, that he's British. Because he's been in The Crush, and he was in Saw, and... The only time I knew he was British in this movie was when he was uh, talking about his car. It was, oh yeah, when he revealed the new paint job plus cocksucker on his car. Yeah. was the only time I heard the British accent come out. Every other time, I... I, I, And it made me look him up again, because it'd be like, is he British? Or was this just like a weird... Yeah, he, he did it well. He covered it well. Yeah. yeah, is that his um? Is that his butt or is that a uh, a stunt butt? So we gotta talk about the butt. Stunt yeah. butt. <laughs> well, there's there's I, one I, that I know was not Alicia Silverstone's butt, but um, but, is is no, that Carrie Yule's butt? Who knows? Here's my question: If it was a fine butt, it was very well toned. It was great, mm. but the wax job was solid. He's yeah. got a 14 year old girl in his house. He's showering and he's cool with it. What the fuck? Well, it's not even just that. He doesn't close the bathroom door all the way. Like to, he's like he's right, been in there it. numerous times. Yeah, and like, also this is this is like a giant breaking suspension of disbelief. That man is bare ass naked, and in under a minute 
in a tiny bathroom comes out fully dressed like and he's shaved. fucking Superman changing in a, in a fucking phone booth. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what the fuck is, why is he not? Okay, so actually this, this leads he's to a question. He's not a good man. He's no. not a good man. No, and that was the other thing. I wrote down like, I did not need them to kiss. Like, I think that this movie would have worked so much better yeah. if it was if it was strictly that he has never once did anything to even remotely give her an implication of any interest but like him being like oh if i was 10 years younger or like kissing her on that bridge i'm like fuck like now your hero is very much a hero with quotation marks because yeah. he made some big fucking mistakes yeah i wonder it's what pop punk band he was in <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, but credit where credit's due, Alicia Silverstone does do a great job of, in the beginning of this movie, just playing the most obnoxious teenager. Oh, my God. This like, movie she, reminded me of how fucking awful teenage girls are. She yeah. did really, yeah, she played it really. Well, she was only 15. Right, yeah. yeah so, like, she, <laughs> she was, wasn't stretching she here. She was of age. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was of age, underage for the part. Like, it was I love that the fucking director was like, let's get her naked in this. And, and, and Dude, Carrie Yules, of the... all people, was like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But fucking, I loved the trivia being like, they pushed for Alicia Silverstone to be naked. It's like, nah, dog. Like, you no. d- you don't do that. This movie's, this movie's irresponsible. Like, I, lo- like, I love it's Sleaze. It's a very love, irresponsible it's movie. It's a super irresponsible movie. And, and it, it that, spawns like, so laughably much. irresponsible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It spawns so much oh, that it, it makes yeah. it even more irresponsible. Like, that's the best word for it. Like, thank yeah. you, because that that puts into such a small, perfect little package with the bow yeah. What? why this movie makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't think that it, like, doesn't – it doesn't, like, deserve a place or isn't a fun – like, whatever. Like, I mean, on its own, but what stems – kind of from it and because of it and like all of this like it's just icky and and yeah i I felt i felt it was irresponsible especially because of what matt said like because of some of the choices that um his character makes uh carrie wills's character makes and totally makes it like oh you know he was just a guy who thought a thought who did a little thing and then this this crazy girl came after him and could you believe it and it's like okay fucking like cool your pies uh this me too movement is actually happening and um because of you i didn't yeah. think well that, and but you i know, just like like i i feel like this movie kind of did a disservice to the world because yeah. uh and and this maybe i'm putting too much on it but i think that you know it really I mean, we did, are, it spawned a lot of to. movies that were very similar thrillers in the late early like mid to late 90s and i think that it kind of encapsulated this this weird white cis male fear of like a woman actually having power over your life um and and being like it wasn't me like i didn't really do anything and if you take carrie yules's character out of being an actual like semi-teen fucker because he talks like one it's weird yeah go on any reddit post um where some guy and and i think a lot of it is fake i think that it's like this weird wish fulfillment thing that that lonely fucking incels do on on reddit or at least they used to i i really don't but it's still fucking well creepy. well <laughs> no le- yes but what i'm getting at is that there's this concept of like, I'm not Brock Turner. I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And like this woman or girl is arguing, she's ruining my my um, my reputation in my life by suggesting that I 
essayed her. And, you know, it's like the, she's insane, you know, and it, it, hysterical, basically. You know, like hysterical as a word is like the perfect encapsulation of what I think these guys mm-hmm. that I'm talking about, like these, yeah. the, on Reddit posts and things like that. And they, they congregate and they talk about how, you know, like if if we go through and actually follow like if we if we go through all the rape kits that are are in storage and 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 all of the allegations that are just caught up in the the you know the the gears of the court system in America that all these innocent white cis men are going to be Brock Turner um you have their lives ruined over nothing i mean and obviously Brock Turner i'm using as an example because he got off because he was rich and he did something terrible. Um, yeah. But they, they see him as kind of like this example of like, he didn't do anything that bad, you know? And, and I feel like this is a weird nucleus of that fear. Like the, the crush is like a nucleus of that fear, but it's actually great that it is because it shows that Carrie Yule's kind of fucking deserves it. He yes. and and you, that you know put that it into he... words that I wanted to say and I could not. Well, so thank well, you. but but so okay, so a couple things. First of all, I do want to clarify because uh, I don't know anything about Alan Shapiro. We did get one piece of information incorrect, and I want to make sure we clarify. Is that the writer? Um, yeah, he's the writer director. It wasn't him that was pushing for Alicia Silverstone to be naked. It was an executive at the oh, okay. studio. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Creepy ass executive wanted that. I just want to clarify that. With, uh, did the the last Harvey. name rhyme, rhyme with um, wine? Weinstein. <laughs> um, but no, what you guys are talking about is like so. A couple things. A, I think it's very important in telling that there's that scene where Amy's like, "You didn't say anything to mislead her." And he doesn't really have an answer. Right. He's just like, no. So I'm gonna I'm gonna it's reveal everything a, he said. I'm going to very it. vaguely reveal a little piece of uh, my own personal shame. Um, although I, on the grand scheme of things, this is like not the most shameful thing in the world. Uh, so the scene where they're on the bridge, she kisses him, and then he says, "Wait, we can't do this," and he stops. I have been in a situation like that with a friend who was in a relationship that leaned in, kissed me, and then I pushed them away. Sure. The big difference is that me and my friend had hung out a million times before, whether they were single or not, and it was just like a thing that happened because they had drank a little too much, and I was like, we can't do that. You need to stop. Don't do that again, or I will let your significant other now but there's a whole different world when you have a 14 year old kid who's like let me show you something and you get in you have them get in your car and drive them to a romantic spot yeah like, he like, made he, so many poor choices before yeah. the, don't, the let, poor don't choice. let 14 year old girls in your car no, don't no. like just if, unless they're your fucking child like do yeah. not let you a 14 year old girl if you're a an adult yes yeah i mean yeah. that's this is the actual official um uh definition of it it's not drag queens doing story yeah. hour at the fucking at the library you assholes it's you it's, know, no. it's you adult men yes who are driving yeah and it's and it's yes. it's a power dynamic and mm-hmm. i feel like i mean i also to it's exactly to, it. to i don't know if i've mentioned it on the show i probably have we've been doing this show for a decade um well in one iteration or another, um, I spent a year working with adolescent sex offenders um, yeah. after college because I have a degree in sociology and um, I really wanted to get into social work. It is fucking 
it's it, it takes you. a very strong um, human being yeah, to it, do that I, I, yeah. I take it way too personally and it it broke me mentally for a bit um mm. so but i worked with them and all of them um so i mean i actually know what grooming is because they are all groomed by their abusers and became abusers because they had a you know a disordered concept of power sexuality and just appropriate interaction human yeah. interaction all those yeah. things and so um the thing the reason why i want to, want to mention that is that adrian uh, alicia silverstone's character um it's implied that she has borderline personality disorder um in because she at the end of the movie she goes and she's in um a mental hospital and she her doctor is like oh she's doing so well and then it shows her with a picture of the doctor and his wife or something like that and she like rips the you know the the wife out of the picture so, and a 1993 version of bpd yeah yeah, <laughs> like. yeah pretty much yeah but it's like that that concept of you know she was like she's kind of a gaslighter she's narcissistic you know all those things and i think that that is kind of subs like the the reality of that would be so much more interesting um in instead of making her the the bad guy in this kind mm. of like talking more about i mean yes it, those are bad things that she was doing but no doubt um you know it'd be a much more interesting conversation if it was like she didn't know that she was hurting people I'm, and then maybe yeah. like fighting against it you know it'd be like yeah. it'd be I such wonder, a much more interesting movie yeah. I, I would love to see a version of this movie where well i wouldn't love to see any version of this yeah. movie, to be honest but <laughs> but but with like the beats that you're taking about if it was handled in a more like honest way yeah. they make this subtle reference to to this camp counselor that she was previously oh, yeah. obsessed mm-hmm. with and then murdered but it's like if you later found out that that camp counselor had done things to her that led to her having this distorted view or something like something that gave more of an origin story than yeah. just bitches be crazy yeah that yeah. would be fantastic because that's kind of like that's kind of the whole crux of her character in this movie is just like you know women like that's not what this movie should be i i I (laughs) think that they they touch on it a little bit in that that uh party scene with the parents um Mm -hmm. because they're making her seem so adult like playing the music on the piano but it's also this weird infantilization of her where she's wearing this like not infantilization but this this um this this de-adult uh, like you know, keeping her childlike in that mm. she's wearing a white dress. Like it looks kind of oh, like her, her confirmation room, her room dress. Reflects that. Yeah, too. and she's or like, tucking playing, her you know, in like, at night at yeah. fourteen years old. Like, and also that. the way that the parents yeah. kind of talk about the physicality of other people. Because Red, I'm, I don't remember his real name, but Red, um, Red. Uh, uh, he he goes, um, she got her teeth done or something like that, and, and the mom is like, yeah, and then he goes, oh, I was really wondering about her tits or something like that, and mm-hmm. it's 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 they touch on it like this this movie is so waspy and um i feel like there are there are ways that they could have like i just with the 90 minutes that they gave us there were so many more interesting ways to present Mm. the the story and it's so funny to me that this this um uh this script was in like it was in limbo for eight years or something he like wrote it tried yeah. to get it made for a long time yeah. and this is the version that they accepted it just this seems, is the version they, yeah they i don't know this with. gives it's, me it's, you know what vibe weird. this gives me it gives me a uh 
uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, brand new cherry flavor. What's it called? Oh, oh yeah. God. Uh, yeah. Cherry, cherry, new cherry flavor. No, brand cherry. New cherry flavor. I Whatever think it was brand that, new cherry flavor. I think flavor. you might be right. I think, right. I, yeah, I think, I think I you nailed it. it. Um, yeah. It's, Convince it's, me you were wrong. <laughs> it's also <laughs> planned to, or it's it's supposed to look like the early 90s. Um, and I, I got that feeling that they actually hit the beat on that show so well where it's like mm-hmm. these starlets are just getting chewed up and spit out by the casting couch in LA um, and it's really weird because like Alicia Silverstone was an emancipated minor so that she um, at, at 15 and then she turned 16 when they were making this movie yeah she had no limitations on her work schedule exactly she could do whatever that she wanted was yeah. super, that's super weird because it's I wonder who made the decision was that her was she kind of like pushed into it by uh, I mean, I, we don't know. We can just conjecture. But I just find, like, this movie to be a much... It, the conversation around its creation and its missteps Existence. are are way more interesting than what happens on the screen because like, yeah. it, it, it kind of shows where the 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 white exec white male exec mindset was in 92 yeah. when they greenlit mm-hmm. this movie. No, well, that's then why this... movies like this are super interesting to me because like like you're saying, I mean, we're putting a lot of weight on it, but it's it's more interesting because it wasn't a popular movie that then came into the lexicon and like, you know, has all like we're you know, it's it's a movie that existed and it made its money back and then it just sort of like I, I would went away. I, would I think it was a movie though. Yeah, I okay. think it was a movie that actually you have to think about the time because I think yeah. this movie came out, it did all right, like I think by it did all more standards. than all right from what I read. It, it doubled its budget. Yeah. Like it was a yeah. six million dollar budget. Yeah. It made thirteen million. I mean, thirteen million it did is, put Alicia is Silverstone on good. the map. Mm-hmm. But I was going to yeah. say, then you have at the exact same time you've got those Aerosmith videos dropping in late ninety three, oh, yeah. early ninety four, because she won best villain and breakout star at the MTV Video Music or Movie Awards. Then I'm sure she cleaned up on some Moon Men at the VMAs for all those Aerosmith music videos so this was uh, in all honesty as we were talking about this and we're talking about all the circumstances of making this movie what i actually walked away from in the middle of our conversation was it's really impressive that alicia silverstone is as well adjusted of a human being as she actually uh, turned out to be like like, because in the grand scheme of like 80s and 90s young teen actors like She's she's definitely on the side that's like oh she's just like a normal ass yeah. like so, sort of same with like Sarah Michelle Gellar who's just like a mom now. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, she's not just a mom. She and Freddie Prince Jr. have been married for like twenty years. But that's that's, that's what I mean. Like it's just like they are just about so well. Look, you know my favorite thing of the Freddie Prince Jr. story is that he just like took a. I think it was like a three or four year break from acting to write for the WWE, which yeah. is yeah, that so is your favorite thing. Random. I haven't it's listened so to his podcast to about it, but I I <laughs> subscribe to it just to have just to like remember that one day I will want to listen. Well, when to you're him driving down for his. Creature Feature, that's there you go. I gotta load up, and I don't want to listen to us talk anymore. Yeah. Fuck, so so I gotta... our voices. All right, there's so something that we I, do need to talk about with this movie. We, though. we also need to talk about something that was in Kyle's hand a minute ago because I have questions. Hey, I just... Is it I a was brand just, new cherry I just, flavor? I was just at the barbecue, baby. I'm just drinking a Rolling Rock. Okay? Dude, the fact that someone that in my sphere, uh, my friend group, in 2023, if you would have told me when I woke up this morning that I'd watch you drink a fucking Rolling Rock, <laughs> I would have expected any other shitty beer. In can, I tell you, can I tell you... Um, I shouldn't say it was, it was you difficult. Can. Please but, tell me. 
I went to the. I work at. A, I work at a package store, a liquor store for those who are, who are not in New England. And, uh, and for a while during the pandemic, or recently, it was hard to get Rolling Rock, like the production of it, between it falling out of style severely and the pandemic. I think they just stopped making it for a while, or like really, really were low production. I couldn't get it at my own store. I had to go to a, literally another store, and all they had was one 12 pack left. So now I have 11 more to drink. You have 11 more Rolling um, Rocks. Look, and I'm it willing was a to bet you can get rid of those bad boys, a creature feature like I, that. I'm going to bring a cooler down. We're going to have some Rolling Rock. It's going to be a blast. Oh but my, my dad used, I remember, like, this was the beer. My dad doesn't drink beer, but this was a beer that he had in his fridge because uh, he was also a young man in 93. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, yes. Um, that, it, it's, have, it's The last time I drank a Rolling Rock was when I dressed as my dad for Halloween. So, uh, <laughs> that, it's really that nice is a perfect story for today, then. I, <laughs> I love, love that. <laughs> All right. So, so I have two things that I want us to talk about before we completely tie tie a bow on the crush. First off... Which is because it's a little girl and yeah, it yeah. Just, uh, wears bow. Jesus Christ. Uh, first off, I think I may have even said this when we did the Bad Dreams episode. But Jennifer Rubin has got to be one of the most underappreciated, attractive women of the late 80s, early 90s. Like, I want I want it so much more of her in this movie. I was like, she just she's quirky. She's cute. She actually is, in my opinion, the best character in the movie. She has the best moral ground. Well, she's the only one who's blameless, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, everybody yeah, else is pretty shitty. shitty. Everybody else. I mean, sucks. Cheyenne is okay, but Cheyenne's doing the best that a fourteen-year-old can possibly do with exactly. the, with the yep. situation she's in. Um, but then we got to talk about. So this movie was just kind of there. It was on my screen for the most part. I felt ick, and then other times I was just like, oh, "This is kind of dull." Then we get to the last ten minutes, and we've got this fucking carousel in the attic set piece, and. Let me clarify that Matt Kelly in no way condones or supports violence against women. But when Alicia Silverstone gets punched in the face and goes fucking flying, I, I was like, this whole movie's worth it. That is the most ridiculous decision this movie could have possibly like, chosen. The thing was, is was like, like I, a Looney Tunes cartoon. I didn't know what the hell was happening. And you know, and got I punched felt, by one punch man. I felt that like people watch certain people watching this might have been like yes she finally got punched she had it coming i was just more under the impression of like i cannot believe they punched her off this carousel good for them i, I love that for just them like the, it literally is like a kung fu movie she went flying oh my god that killed me and also i just i have a lot of questions about the hospital that she's at because there is no way any of those hospitals would have actually mailed the letters on her behalf. Like when he's got that no. scene where he's got like 50 letters, I'm like, no, never in a million fucking years. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. 
Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. But all right, well, according to Scott, we're going to keep rolling into 1993 next week. But before we do that, Kyle, do you have a double feature that you would want to watch with The Crush? I do. I do. I'm going to pick one, a movie that happened uh, 10 years, nine years earlier. Uh, It is a movie that also just has like... I don't want to say it's as sleazy, but it sort of has this like all of like semi all American drama that like people have to figure. A Scream for Help by Michael Winner, who was and and, yeah. and wrote and written by Tom Holland. It's a movie that I'd love to watch for the show if we haven't already. Yeah, uh, we haven't. I I got the Blu-ray from Scream Factory when it came out. It, yeah. I mean, it's similar vibes. It's, it, I would say it's more thriller than horror but i think it also works with what we talk about here and that that would be my pairing um for this one all right how about you scott well i thought that i was gonna be so clever by mentioning bad dreams as my double feature and you got to it in your last five minutes before we got to our double feature section so um i don't know if we can can still still, um but i just want to see more jennifer rubin she's a delight bad dreams is just so silly um and i've only seen it once for the show yeah. but i mean if it really came down to it and i wasn't able to do that um i have a backup that i would like to mention after matt you do your double feature so i picked a movie that i don't remember what year this movie came out but it had to have been in the ballpark same time i want to say this was either the same year or maybe a year or two after the fact and what I wanted to focus on was throughout this movie, all these terrible things are happening to the main character. And when he tries to explain that it's Alicia Silverstone's character doing it, they're like, she's just a kid. She's just a kid. She couldn't possibly do that. So I'm going with the Elijah Wood Macaulay Culkin film, The Good Son, which nice. is another like kind of mid 90s thriller where it's like, how could this cute, I think that precocious was kid possibly do yeah. this? Yeah, yeah like I, so. So that was my that was what was running through my head while watching this. I'm trying really hard to not do the same like eight movies. That I yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say um, if Bad Dreams is, is a no go, um, I can get an equal amount of ick from another Kyle pick. Uh, did not mean to rhyme, but it came out that way. Do it. Um, Anytime, maybe. Butcher Baker and Nightmare Maker yeah. gave me a very similar ick to to the crush. So thanks for that, Kyle. I appreciate you, you doing yeah. that to me. You know what I could you could throw out too, just because and this is this also falls in line with like useless IMDB trivia that could <laughs> exist, but I don't know if it does because I didn't look at the IMDB trivia. So Jennifer Rubin in this movie gets killed by wasps. She later on, or beforehand, I don't remember, goes on to be in the remake of The Wasp Woman. Dude, um, that's on my so, list! Yeah, yeah. Oh, the remake. You've been wanting to do the 95 I, Wasp I was, Woman. Yeah. That's oh, right. Good. I, hey, this is just have, the origin story to that one. Dude, yeah, that should have been your pick guys. for next week. We should have just literally <laughs> treated this like a prequel. Um, all right, <laughs> Kyle. Uh, We're never did you like that. But w- we need watch, read, listen to anything that you want to promote. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Carly and I, I just got a new TV. I got a new TV for Christmas. Um, I didn't even realize that like the TV I was using like 
was barely HD. Do you know what I mean? It was like yeah. preliminary mm-hmm. HD. Um, and I watched... And you christened that bad boy with the cur- the crush? Well, pff, you wish. No, <laughs> so let's I see what this HD can do. I actually watched the crush <laughs> on the old TV downstairs that I, that I moved downstairs Cathode to Ray. literally watch bullshit. <laughs> Uh, no, I watched, um, and we were supposed to christen it with, because I also got a 4K player, we were supposed to christen it with Nope, but we've been waiting for my cousins, to, like the time, uh, like we want to have a, a fiesta. Seems to be a so thing that you do. Yeah, we understand. Yeah, yeah so um, uh, <laughs> I, Carly and I started watching a movie. We're only 45 minutes in, <laughs> but we started watching Shark Lake with Dolph Lundgren. Uh, from 2015, and right now, I don't know. I mean, there is a shark. Shark um, Lake, nope. I mean, <laughs> equal level, I guess, to start off that 4K um, experience. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, we've been watching other stuff, too, but as far as, like, sitting down and watching a movie... Oh, no, I take it back. No, we watched The ma- we watched the Master first. Okay. We did, but it okay. was a DVD of The Master. It didn't feel like, you know, it didn't... It didn't do anything. It didn't feel now. quite like Shark Lake. Yeah, it didn't feel like the, Shark the experience. Lake, <laughs> which is, if I can just interest anybody in bad Dolph Lundgren movies, bad shark movies, movies that promote a shark that 45 minutes in I are barely shark-related. Um, it takes place at Lake Tahoe. There's a lot of great stock footage in there. You're, you're um, acting like you have to twist my arm when I know for yeah. a fact I sent you guys a 10-second clip of me watching Steven Seagal's Hard to Kill on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're all on the same page. Yeah. Scott especially. Scott loves this stuff. Uh, Shark yeah. Lake. I'm not done with it, but, man, am I enjoying it. Yeah, you're milking it. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm How about truly that? milking it. How about you, Scott? What have you been uh, savoring, watching, we, we wanting to talk about? We have been savoring this. The Willow TV series it's is fun. so fun. Oh, my God. It is so goofy. Literally just finished it 10 minutes ago before coming up Okay. Here. I mean, it's... So, I watched um, what I like to call Stupid Witcher, which was Witcher Blood Origin. Uh, thank yes. goodness it was only four episodes long because it looked good, but it was the dumbest fucking storyline. And I just feel like what they did with Willow is so great because they basically were like let's just make a comedy with swords and magic and you know put some put put a little bit of willow in it you know yeah. like and i also love that warwick davis is 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 in it and he's so fun and then his daughter plays his daughter like his real life yeah. daughter plays mims um and she's just such a sweetheart and it is just really really fun and it looks good you know yeah. like willow i don't reminds think it's me cheap. Of we- the Willow series almost feels more like like it's obviously very much a sequel to the first Willow, yeah. like the Willow mm-hmm. movie. But in a lot of ways, it kind of reminded me like a, it almost felt like a sequel to Kroll. <laughs> like it, it yeah, like it, a lot of a that energy, lighter energy. Yeah. yeah, like the stakes just seem like palpable. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just it's a good time, um, and I really. Um, I just enjoyed how it did not take itself seriously at all, but it also still has love for the source material. So oh, that's yeah. I, I highly recommend it to anybody. I also love the the choice that every closing credit song is like wildly not accurate to the time yeah. period. Like that, like that the whole black hole sc- sun cover oh, great. is really good. Yeah. And I don't even like that song. So I've got two things uh, that I'm going to mention. One's a book. One is a documentary that at the time that we were recording, literally dropped yesterday. 
Um, Did you crush it been, the day of? I, I, it was just a 90-minute doc. Oh, I watched oh, okay. it the day it came out because I, I, was, I was kind of looking forward to it because it's very rare. We're in this time where we get a lot of true crime documentaries, and most of it is either before my time or like stuff that I didn't know about. But Netflix dropped a true crime doc about something that I was following very closely as it was happening because I was a child of the internet, which was the documentary The Hatchet-Wielding Hitchhiker, which is the story of Kai, the the guy who went viral for his like interview when um for those of you who don't remember, there was a there was an incident where a man in a very racist bigot way smashed into a black construction worker and was trying to kill him with his car and there was a hitchhiker in the car and when a woman went to try to help the people in the car this psychopath tried to choke her so the guy in the passenger seat had a hatchet with him because he was a hitchhiker and he needed it for protection and he hit the guy three times and stopped him like incapacitated the guy and when he got interviewed he was just like this surfer stony dude with curly hair and like he would say all these weird things and people just became in love with him he was like he was like the equivalency of like the double rainbow guy mixed with like the you know lock your window hide your kids hide your wife like it was that that perfect intersect of the two and then three months later he actually murdered somebody and it was like and it tells the story of how this guy went from like national sensation to like won it for legitimate like out of nowhere murder um and it it tells it in a really interesting way it it's kind of again one of those stories where like man if people had said something like the the producers of keeping up with the kardashians wanted to make a a full reality show about him and then met with him and was like this dude's fucking unhinged there's absolutely no way that we can do this but it's like you sit there and you're like then why didn't you say something i don't know so it, it hits a lot of that if you're into true crime i think it's very well done it it Netflix is pretty good at keeping things very like down the middle. They don't mm-hmm. they don't draw any lines. They let you as the viewer kind of piece it together. Um, and then my favorite writer, Chuck Klosterman, uh, last year put out a book called The 90s. So my favorite writer oh, put out a yeah. book about my favorite decade. Yep. <laughs> and Chuck Klosterman's not really an, a narrative writer. He's put out maybe two fictional books. He's mostly essays. Mm-hmm. Uh, his most famous book was Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, which was just a collection of essays about pop culture. The 90s is literally just, it's that. It's, it's a series of essays trying to explain the decade. And as someone who loves the 90s, he does a great job of really explaining why that decade is so uniquely different than almost any other and and in doing so he talks about a lot of stuff that i've said like it's not you it's very rare that you find a decade where the most critically acclaimed stuff was also the most commercially successful stuff like the idea that like pulp fiction would be this massive critical critically beloved movie that won the best picture award, but was also like one of the most seen movies in theaters simultaneously and like had a culture around it. And like that clerks could pop off and that like grunge could pop off. Like it was this very weird time where that Venn we diagram so, almost became the, the circle this became a circle and, and it's analyzing like what made us so jaded. And it, it does a really good job of trying to pinpoint that he's he's an interesting writer it's an interesting book if any of what i just said sounds interesting read it um i literally (laughs) i was in ashbury park new jersey and any second that i had free i had the 
book in my backpack and I would just mm. like find a quiet place to sit down and keep reading it because that's, I was like, I'm just so invested in it. That's just <laughs> such a nice thing to have anyway. Yeah. Like no matter the the book or the content, like just yeah. having something that you're like, yes, let me fucking read this. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. So it was that that was a big one for me. So uh uh if you love the nineties, I bet you loved the crush from nineteen ninety three. Uh so stay tuned as our journey into the early the early to mid nineties continues next week. Uh, and until then, we'll just be hanging out here at Horror Movie Night. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 